You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. Welcome to Autumn on the Air. I'm your host, Lisa Mueller. International perspectives involve the cultivation of empathy and an ability to view problems from multiple historical and cultural vantage points. In the field of tech transfer, these different viewpoints cannot only help us understand how things work abroad, but also offer new perspectives to consider in our own offices. Joining us today is Dr. Victor Lau, the Associate Director of the Knowledge Transfer Office at the City University of Hong Kong. Dr. Lau worked in the semiconductor industry for over 20 years, both as staff and as a founding member of multiple companies before returning to academia to share his industrial experience with faculty and students. Victor, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the air. Thanks, Lisa. Very excited to have you here. So, Victor, I wanted to start off by asking you, with your background in the semiconductor industry, how did you end up working in technology transfer? I think it's got a very interesting story. Um, after I graduated in Hong Kong, got my PhD, uh, I have a choice whether I should continue my postdoc at Cambridge or I should join uh, the industry. At that time, because based on my background, my father is a kind of an industrialist. So uh, I really wonder if, you know, instead of doing some research in the laboratory, I would like to do something real in the industry. So that's why I joined the industry instead of a postdoc, personal postdoc. I didn't mean that, you know, postdoc is no good, but somehow uh, it's a kind of personal, you know, uh, uh, real. So I joined the industry, I learned a lot, and I find that... Uh, I'm division of something because uh, I do research in the lab. I know, uh, actually, I know what, what ways the lab happen. But we are, say I'm chemist, I'm doing some milligram of products. But, you know, when I join industry, the industry people are talking about different things. They are talking kilograms, tons, or, or million or tons. And then I start to, you know, think about, so what should I do? I learn a lot from all my peers. Uh, and I find that... Uh, Different, you know, they, they actually they, 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 the people from industry or from academic, they, they, they sometimes they are talking the same thing, but somehow they are different languages. So uh, I think, can I be an interpreter? Can I be a pitching man, you know, among these people? So that's why uh, after, you know, say uh, tw- almost 20 years of working in the industry, I moved back to the academic. I want to help the faculty. I want to help the industrial people try to understand each other and then uh, pitching them because I can see that there's a lot of very good research job, uh, you know, in the lab, but somehow this, they got difficulty to commercialize or make it happen in the industry. So they need a kind of a people like me and a middleman to, mm, to, to pitching them. Yeah. So Victor, what one piece of advice would you suggest for someone who's new to the profession of technology transfer? Um, when you deal with the tech, you never know what happened next. This is my work to all my new colleagues in the, in the office. So maybe you are from, you have a very te- good technical background sometimes, but somehow as a tech transfer professional, you have to, you know, translate. I would like you to do a translate because uh, translate language, let the lab people, let the research people, the faculty people uh, understand what industrial people are asking for. Even they are sometimes, even to me, they are talking about the same thing as I mentioned before, but somehow they don't understand each other. 
Yeah, this exactly. A, this is a problem. Yeah. So, uh, so that's why in my office, uh, most of my colleagues are working in the industry for, say, some 10, 20 years before they, they moved to our office. So, uh, they have a very good educational background. At least they have got a master's degree. But then also they are working in the industry for, say, 10, 20 years. So, uh, they, they, they understand, you know, the language both sides. So they, they, they more or less like a translator inside of very yeah, interpreter. Yeah, interpreter, something like, yeah. Really neat. So as you know, Victor, technology transfer is extremely nuanced and it varies from region to region because the requirements needed to protect intellectual property differ as well as the processes for doing so. What is the process like to transfer technology in Hong Kong? Um, yes, you know, Matthew, uh, when I talk to people, I used to say three stages of uh, tech transfer in Hong Kong um, since I joined uh, the tech transfer office in 2011. There's only three stages. Stage one, in the very traditional one, we have uh, uh, some invention, some technology, we file a patent, and then we oppose some uh, some industrial bill, commercial people, uh, they license the patent. But somehow I find it's not work because it's just a paper, it's dead, it's yeah. a paper. So uh, we develop a different uh, process along with uh, the government funding. We we got an innovation and technology fund, you know, funding uh, commissioners support. So they will give us some uh, money, matching money. So uh, we work with the industrial people. They identify, they identify some interesting patent. Instead of licensing, instead of licensing, I ask them, I invite them to have a kind of joint research together. So uh, uh, in Hong Kong, we have a very special program uh, called ITF, Collaborative Research. So the industrial fund uh, partner will sp- sponsor a dollar, say for example, a dollar, and the government will give you know matching money another one dollar. So uh, they... The company can come to our the license background IP for this project. This kind of background licensing for project costs no money. Okay. And then they can make apply the, the, the background IP work with our faculty, our researcher, say for a year or so to further develop the, the you know the, the, the laboratory invention into a kind of commercial available products. And then uh the, so the background IP still belongs to CDU, uh, be, I mean the still belongs to the university. And uh but you know, we, uh, for the, all the four point IP coming out from the project will go to the industry. So the people are very happy with that because they're okay. I always spend money, even I spend you know uh, fifty cents or a dollar, but I still want to own the. Exactly, that's pretty common. Yeah, <laughs> very exactly. Common. Uh, and and uh, yeah, we we but somehow okay after we we have this uh, kind of a uh, program for say uh, ten years, and we still facing some problem because. Okay, for the company, they wish enough. Okay, they can invest a million dollars, okay, uh, or half a million, you know, to have a kind of a collaborative uh, matching project. But how about, say, most of the technology are very, very new uh, from the laboratory. We have uh, so many researchers, you know, so many PhD graduates. So if they want to start, what can you do? They can do nothing. They have no money. So uh, start last year, 2021, uh, our university have uh, initiated a very, you know, uh, aggressive, you know, startup program called Hong Kong Tech Fianger. So actually we fund them. We give them some seeding money at first. So they give, of, of course, they give a pitching material. And then uh, we, we, we aim to the team, not even a company. So we give them, you know, 100,000 Hong Kong dollars. It's around 50,000 US. So uh, to kickstart the project, it may not be a big money, but somehow we provide some training support. You know, we also help them to find investors. And later on, uh, we have another medium project, you know, uh, I mean, supporting from uh, the university. So you mentioned, you know, how you kind of support these startups that come out. How about um, other support services that uh, your office provides to the, 
you know, the PIs and things like that there? We, you know, our office also provides some, uh, some uh, patent filing. So uh, our office is uh, the only, I mean, in Hong Kong, uh, all, all the local, I mean, public funded universities, they have a KT office or, or TT office, Tetranto office. So all the offices are there, they are helping the faculty, helping the researcher to file patents. So we manage, uh, our, one of our daily jobs, a uh, very important daily job is main, uh, used to maintain the IP portfolio there in the university. And, and along with that, we also help them to uh, do the uh, licensing, you know, uh, marketing, nation. Yeah. So how big is your office? How many people do you have? Oh, actually, we do have a big office. Uh, we have around 12 people, uh, administrator plus some, uh, some tech transfer officer. So, Victor, each technology comes with its own obstacles during the process of commercialization. What's the most common challenge you face when working to commercialize the technology and how do you overcome this problem? Exactly what I mentioned you know, before. Uh, say, uh, there's usually have the technology ready, you mentioned ready, but somehow uh, how you evolve into a commercial, you know, marketable products uh, is uh, take a long time. So we always uh, facing a valley of death. That's why uh, CTU, uh, Series of Hong Kong, initiate a startup program, Hong Kong Tech Free as I mentioned before. So helping, you know, uh, uh, not only uh, commercial sector, but also as well as, you know, our researcher or any entrepreneur. It's not only limited to our graduate or uh, alumni or researcher, but also welcome to anyone in the world. Actually, just, uh, I have a team, uh, very amazing. I really appreciate the team. It's a team between uh, Jordan, Bangladesh, Kenya, and, uh, and Hong Kong. Uh, I still remember the, the founder, she's a Hong Kongist, uh, graduate of architect, architecture, and uh, she got a master's degree. And then uh, instead of being architecture, architect, uh, he moved to uh, Africa to do to some uh, NGO. And then uh, later on, he moved to uh, Jordan, uh, working in the asylum camp. And then she found that uh, uh, no matter how many medicines they distribute in the camp, the disease is still spread. And uh, she found out this is a problem with the toilet. You know, even they have a dry toilet there, but somehow due to the culture, uh, after they finish the toilet, they will, they will use water to clean it themselves. Uh, and this is the reason why, why the bacteria, why the virus spread. So uh, she designed, and actually her team designed a dry toilet, you know, not really high, high, high tech or rocket science, but very simple thing with uh, some smart way to, you know, segregate the feces or, or the, okay, whatever. Um, and then uh, she talked to me and then I invite her to join our program. Yeah. And then actually she's not asking for big money. I said, uh, even $100,000 Hong Kong, I mean, around 15000 said good enough. I said, oh, no, 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 your project worth a lot. So uh, we help them. So our office not only helping them file pattern or also we help them to uh, to link up to to to, uh, to all the funder, you know, society or people in Hong Kong or China. See what we can do more. Yeah, this is something very you know make me feel that I'm I'm doing something meaningful. Absolutely. How about outreach to your your PIs, your inventors, your students? You know, to let them know about tech transfer. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of very. I'm after I graduate, I moved to industry and then later on I, I, I take up a marketing role. So I'm more or less a marketing people. 
So uh, I mean, most of the faculty will tell me because uh, every afternoon, you know, we workday afternoon, I will go to sixth floor. I mean, sixth floor because we are all the science engineering department or, or, or faculty stay in the sixth floor. I just go to sixth floor and then not everyone go and ask them, okay, what can I do? What can Kito help you? And then uh, that's why I, re- I start to have this kind of reputation among the university. You kind of wander the halls <laughs> looking to see whose doors open and go in and just kind of bug them. Type yeah, of yeah, yeah. And uh, so we have this, uh, this kind of practice for, for, for more than 10 years. And now also I just uh, have a, I go to a class, you know, uh, especially on the start of the seminar, uh, I mean, start of the semester. So I, I talk to other students and then uh, just promote our program, promote how IP is so important and uh, ask them what they think, you know, after they graduate, maybe they can join the industry, maybe they, they can work in academic. Then somehow, we, because our office also provides some entrepreneurship training, so I tell them, this is some of the very important tools you need to equip yourself. No matter you want to be an entrepreneur or you, you, you join an industry or, 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 you, 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 or what. Because uh, say after you graduate, join a company, you have been a kind of a leader of the engineering team. So you need to have an entrepreneurial spirit. Absolutely. How uh, oh, no, That's what you want to do with the boss. So, uh, because engineering science is very good at, you know, data presentation, but somehow the boss, they have no interest, you know, don't talk about this. Can you give me the, the key point? Uh, they want to lower the keyboard. So our training is mainly focused on how you do a pitching to do a massage for your boss. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it put that way, but that, that's a really good one. <laughs> so there's a lot of things going on in your office and it sounds like you've had, you know, some tremendous success. What would you say is the one thing you're most proud of from your office? My people, all my people. That, uh, they are very wishing, they, are very, they love their job. Yeah, yeah. This is something I really appreciate. Without them, I'm nothing. I always, you know, I talk to them always. Without you, I'm nothing. Well, that's really great. I usually hear about a technology or, you know, uh, some some out license or something. So that's really fantastic for you to say that, you know, what you're most proud of is your people. That's fantastic. Maybe I from the industry. I worked in the uh, factory for a long time. I found that people is the most important. Absolutely. No matter, you know, how smart you are. Actually, I'm not smart. But, you know, the people where you is very important. Without them, you are just nothing. Yeah. That's a great answer. Thank you for sharing that. So, Victor, I wanted to ask you, do you think the culture and ideals of Hong Kong influence the type of technologies being developed there at CityU? Mm, yes, I think so. Um, say I'm a Hong Kong people. Uh, my family, actually, my daddy is from Canton. My mom is a uh, Hong Kong born. So uh, we have a very good culture of, uh, so we don't have, Really, really big enterprise. I mean, in southern China, we have a, some. Actually, we start with a small fish boat. But the Canton people like to do business on that moon. It's even a small business, and the Hong Kong people are very good at trading. They, they, you know, since uh, I, I, I know the world. You know, people are doing trade every day. They're nice. Even my dad is. He's doing trade. Yeah. You know, so it's trade trading to us is very kind of common. To me, uh, trading more or less like a tech transfer because uh, we want to translate the language. We are trying, we're kind of a uh, hub. Okay, uh, just to, you know, make sure something, some people need something and then we can provide something and we got to a translator, interpreter, you know, translate and uh, trade. So uh, we have this kind of culture. So I think Hong Kong is a very good hub for tech transfer. So Victor, you've studied at institutions all around the world. What are some of the lessons that struck you with your time abroad and how have you implemented them into your professional life? Open-minded. You have to open-minded. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's some dif- uh, cultural difference, but 
who cares? Be open-minded, you know, open your ear, listen to everyone. I think this is the most important, no matter as a tech transfer or as a human beings. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Victor, I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you um, a question about women and other traditionally underrepresented groups as inventors, because that's something we've been struggling with in the U.S. And we're working very hard on trying to increase those numbers for those groups. What's it like in Hong Kong? Can you share with us, you know, uh, do you have a, a high percentage of women and other underrepresented groups as inventors or are you similar to the U.S. and working on that as well? Um, I would like to say we don't have an equal, you know, share among the female and the male in entrepreneurship, but, you know, the, the women try to catch up. Uh, and also, I'm working very closely with certain organization. You know, some personal history. I was born, I would go up in a, in a family with all the, with a lot of women. I have three younger sister, my mom, and then uh, we have, we, I, me and my father is a minority. <laughs> in your family. He's a minority. And then my mom is the one, so she make all the decisions. Okay. I, I, I actually, we, we, really, we, we are all respect, you know. And then uh, somehow we find that the, the issue is uh, a man, well, how the man think and how the woman think is very different. Uh, I'm lucky to born in a family with women. And uh, yeah, I, uh, Listen to so many different op- opinion, uh, idea of how to deal with a problem. And that made me very open-minded. In, in, I, I went out with all my people, no matter it's a, uh, men or, or women, I don't care. Because I, I work in a factory, as I mentioned, in my team, I have so many women engineers. So uh, we, we try to get, uh, get them together. And then uh, this is, okay, my, my little bit about the history. And uh, yeah, go back to the question. Uh, currently, we are working with a uh, certain foundation, Girls Impact Foundation, helping the girls in, in, in Hong Kong or in Greater China. Because somehow, uh, we Chinese have, I mean, we have a perception, you know, perspective. So girls may, may not good at engineering, but actually not. So actually, in my in my program, I mean, my training program, we got a, a lot of a very smart women engineers, especially on the IT coding. So they are paying each other. I still remember a couple of them, couple of them. I, I still, you know, contact with them. Even they have a face, they are now very successful now. So we're still working together. We try to, you know, uh, get a more impact on, on the women. Yeah. So you're trying to get increase the number of, of girls yeah. and women in STEM overall. Yeah. Um, so, Victor, I touched on women inventors. What does it look like for women entrepreneurs in Hong Kong and women startup companies? Uh, we are getting more and more, you know, uh, women entrepreneurs in Hong Kong. Actually, in Hong Kong, we have a couple of uh, really inventive organizations pushing on that. Even in, uh, you know, our science part or, or cyber part is a science you know, government funded part. They give a privilege to all the women entrepreneurs. They do actually, uh, I, I think, uh, especially on the southern China, it was quite open in gender. Uh, well, it's a kind of joke in Hong Kong, women take, take, take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> so we said Hong Kong girls. Okay. There's a special name for girls in Hong Kong it's because they make all the decisions. So we meant just shut up. <laughs> no kidding. Just kidding. So, uh, in Hong Kong, it's uh, very open minded. So we encourage, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, no matter what gender you are, we don't care. Just, uh, see how smart you are. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for all that you're doing on that front. Thanks, Lisa. So, Victor, as the podcast comes to a close, what is your hope for the future of technology transfer in your region and also on a global scale? We, I, I joined the Hong Kong Tech Engine in the startup program uh, for a year. And for the program, I found that this uh, gives us very significant changes in the, in the ecosystem of tech transfer. Uh, 
to do that test run before, we're looking for a commercial partner, industrial partner, but somehow, uh, because the, the, the research that you mentioned from the lab is very primitive, very early stage, uh, how to go through this death uh, of Alice, uh, the value of death, uh, maybe we need some support. So uh, the university uh, itself, you know, initiate a funding program. Even if they need to funding, but you can help the researcher, you know, our faculty to start their journey. Maybe their journey will uh, one day won't into a startup, but somehow for the journey, uh, I mean, the general culture know more about the importance of tech transfer and knowledge transfer. This is very important. Uh, I mean, say, I, I still remember our VP said, this, uh, this startup program is not a program we try to make money, but it's an educational program. Try to educate all the people because our program is not limited to our, our own students and alumni faculty, but everyone. So we, we just educate the society how important the test transfer is. So um, I would like to see one day uh, we have this kind of program all over the world. That would be fantastic. I hope so too. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Victor. This has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today and learning more about tech transfer at your institution as well as in Hong Kong. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast. Thank you very much, Lisa. Well, that's a wrap for this week's show. Catch you next time on the air. I'm your host, Lisa Mueller, signing off for now. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.